0: And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q and A's and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now.
1: And here we are. It is another Friday night. That means SmackDown is in the books. It is time for smack talk here on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter channels. Rick Uccino here, as always, the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel, and pinch hitting tonight for SP3, staying on camera the whole time. The bearded wonder. It is Kevin Kellum, my inside the or the inside cradle co-host. Uh, you can hear us every Thursday, but we are all here. Should I curl my mustache too? I can barely <laughs> do that. <laughs>
0: That was, that was you, Rick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. see, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Really, seriously.
0: Uh, Dutch. One time, I said that uh, that Rick's mustache makes him look like the guy in the Pringles can. You know, the Pringles chips.
2: Yeah. And, and I don't,
0: I don't think he was fond of it. I don't think he was fond of it. Yeah.
2: So who is the guy that's got the monocle? Who is that?
0: It's uh, it's the dude from the Monopoly Man. The Monopoly Man. Oh, I yeah. thought you were talking about Mister Peanut, but yeah.
2: <laughs> he have one too, or no? <laughs>
1: Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> he absolutely does. All right, We appreciate everybody who is in the chat right now. We're going to break down anything and everything that happened on uh, this episode of Friday Night Smackdown, but of course, as always, it is open rain when we're talking to Mr. Dirty D himself. If you have any questions for him, uh, Kevin and myself will be manning the chat, so make sure to get those questions in. I have one for uh, for Dutch coming up here a little bit later, but guys, let's dive into it here. We, uh, I know we, we, I know we had some uh, issues with the first hour of the show. Dutch wants to get into that, but I want to start with some positives because this main event tonight for me was absolutely off the chain. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Big E, Apollo Crews battling over for the Intercontinental Championship. They gave it a lot of time to breathe. We saw a lot of really great spots. This was just an absolute car crash tonight, Dutch. And then we get the surprise ending with Alistair Black appearing, debuting there at the end. First time we've seen him on SmackDown since October. He gives Big E the black mass, allowing Apollo Crews to retain his Intercontinental Championship. And finally, we we now know the answer of who uh, Alistair Black was targeting or who his first feud was going to be. It was right in front of our eyes the entire time. Big E is a perfect first opponent for him, and I'm really looking forward to this. Dutch, your thoughts on the main event, sir?
2: Oh, it was a great main event, really. Uh, you got four guys in there, and they had to feel... I think they they went into the ring at 25 after, mm-hmm. including breaks. Still, they gonna be in that ring for 35 minutes, and it's live TV, so they can't lay around and take breaks. And other than the breaks, they 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 cut out for TV. But good match, great match. Everybody worked hard, and uh, I, ha- I have no complaints about that last match. Uh, all.
0: Yeah, absolute banger. Uh, It's a glaringly obvious thing of how much the timing of two hours for SmackDown just allows it to be concise. It's never too much. It's never too long. And it just seems like with their main events, they're able to really hammer down. Don't go anywhere. We got something for you. We have a main event on TV that you can enjoy almost every single week, if not a main event segment. And they they did they've done this now for weeks. They did this when Daniel Bryan was ushered out. You got maybe one of the best matches they've done all year round. Whether or not it was on television or that, I mean, this was. An, I won't say this is one of the best matches they've had all this year, but it's another sign of how strong the WWE roster is in the mid card. How strong they have guys. They could pluck any of those guys and get them ready and have them be ready for Roman Reigns. It, it's an, I was. I'm not making it sound negative, but I'm like SmackDown is so much better than Raw right now. And it's it's so much better than Rod's. It's it's not even funny. It's glaringly obvious right now in terms of how much those guys benefit from that stage, that concise, never too long, just right uh, amount of presentation. And the chemistry was real. Everyone in there was was kicking ass. And I don't mind Aleister Black kind of coming in and being the spoiler They They built him up for a while. And Dutch, you were saying they're pushing it. They're pushing it. They got to get him out there. They got They got to pull the trigger with him and and take him out of his little spooky world and have him fight.
2: Well, he did 3 weeks of uh, pre-tape promos mm-hmm. and he missed one week which was good actually because he'd almost get old before he got there. Right. So and I'm like uh, I'm like Rick, he did that interview tonight which I didn't understand at all. He's talking <laughs> to the father and something and and I, I'm I've even tried to re- read the closed captioning which also they need a new typist those <laughs> everything so if you read you it you're not going to get it so, but i this is what i find wrong with a lot of these shows that have the two-hour limit or the three hour limit but raw's not so bad because sometimes raw goes over see everybody knows and we all know that that show is going to be off the air at 10 o'clock correct
1: yeah 9 58 yeah. 10 o'clock something like that yeah
2: i wish they would try one time and they they'll never do this but why don't they just say we'll bring you the finish of this match they've never done this before we'll bring you we're out of time we'll bring you the finish next week now you're gonna have a lot of bitching about it oh yeah but you kind of take away the thought that this might not end in right on time and i've always but, but I remember I used to work in territories years and years ago, and they would say that. They would end the, end the show with a match in progress and say they will bring it next week, and the people didn't mind it. Now, the times changed. I understand that.
1: Yeah, because they kind of did that um, late last year. They, they, they had a, a cliffhanger with Randy Orton – and Alexa Bliss where he was getting ready to set her on fire and then they just they literally closed out the show and then they immediately went to raw talk on the network like right after that scene ended and they didn't even like conclude it there they just said oh we'll find out what happened next week whether or not randy orton set alexa bliss on fire or not and yeah people kind of lost their minds on that one it it is kind of a different thing they i don't i don't know how well the cliffhanger would work but you know you have you do have these post shows that they said, hey, look, uh, you want to get people to tune into Peacock or onto the WWE Network. There's no reason to say, hey, look, you want to watch the conclusion of this match? Head over to the WWE Network right now or head over to Peacock and we'll, we'll carry it for you there. You could do that as well.
2: You know what I do see developing and everybody else does, too? It's the Usos and Roman, uh, Roman Reigns. Oh, yeah. Because he's browbeating Jay so much. And everybody can identify with a bully. I mean, the guy, you just beating him up. And I think when they pull the trigger on that, and I don't think they'll pull the trigger on it till maybe uh, June fifteenth, maybe or June uh, what is seven days from the fifteenth or whatever it is. But the oh, week mean- before they go to Houston, right? Houston. So
1: July sixteenth is that first show, yeah.
2: I think they'll they'll pull the trigger right before, or maybe maybe do it in Houston. But I think. That would be a great place to have it. So I think they're going to Texas first. This is my opinion. They're going to Mm -hmm. Texas because they've dumped that mask mandate Mm -hmm. wide open for a while. I think the next place they'll go is maybe Florida because it's been wide open here the whole time. And then 25 think-
0: dates, 25 dates, and they've committed to 25 dates through Labor Day. So they could say, hey, maybe we'll pull back a little bit after Labor Day. But I mean, this lines up with what Nick Khan, the executive of the company, number two guy in the company, said to Variety the week of WrestleMania. WrestleMania is a standalone thing. Once we're back on the road, we are back on the road. I think they wanted to see what happened. You brought up Texas. Texas had that large kind boxing fight. They had 70,000 people at it. They've been running with the Texas Rangers. They let other people get out there before they did. But in terms of full touring, you're thinking Texas and Florida.
2: Yeah, and Tennessee too, because mm. it's just a wide open state. Mm-hmm. They didn't- by the time july
1: 16th rolls around and they get back on the road i think i think all states are going to be open because us here in ohio all of our stuff's getting lifted on june 2nd so i mean you're going to see a lot of states that are just lifting all of the health mandates and by the 4th of july rolling into the 16th when they start touring i think all of these states are going to be wide open so it's going to be interesting to see uh what uh what 25 cities that uh they they choose for their first dates i did try to reach out to some people i know here in cincinnati i couldn't find out if uh, they were coming to the queen city or not which kind of ticked me off I'm hoping that we get there.
2: Pick some cities <laughs> or states. What would you pick? I'm sorry. Say that again. If you had to pick some states for them to choose from, what would you pick? I, I
0: mean, I would think we've, we've heard the rumblings. <laughs> WWE wants to do something in New York city uh, and wants to do. And I think Madison Square Garden, their kind of spiritual home, the world's most famous arena. They can do something really special there. I mean, they haven't committed to doing a pay-per-view event there, but I think like a SmackDown there that you treat like a big deal, maybe that go-home SmackDown before uh, a big SummerSlam or something that would be really, really huge. I think it'd be really, really special if they could do that. there. I'm gonna have to hop out of here for a second, guys. I'll be right back. Yeah, you're okay. cool. Right.
1: Um, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm looking at you know places like uh, I, I think wherever you can go and you can get you know you're gonna get a lot of people interested in the show places like you know your Los Angeles your Chicago's your your New York's those big cities those big markets that's where they're going to go but I'm hoping they hit you know some of the some of the smaller markets uh as well like I said I'm a homer I I hope they come to Cincinnati but I'm not holding out breath but try to hit as many states as you can you got you have fans all across the country who have been dying to see live shows so I mean don't, don't keep it into just you know, three or four states try to spread it out as much as possible. Now, I get, uh, you know, travel logistics and things like that. It's, it's going to be an adjustment. Th- this is going to be a big adjustment, Dutch, for for the talent because they're not used to staying in one spot for this long. And now they've been in Florida for 14, 15, 16 months. Yep. And now they're getting ready to go back out on the road again. That's got to be a major league adjustment here.
2: Well, going to kick their butts. They won't be happy. But they, they they probably will when they see people there. They, I think they may be tired of being in that that virtual atmosphere that they've been in. They've been, they've been in a cage for 18 months. is what they've been in. Yeah, pretty Everybody much. Is out there waiting for them to come out and be live. And I think they're uh, they're dying to hear some actual actual noise from real fans. Do you think there's going to be a greater
0: demand for WWE live events just because people haven't had them in a long time? Do you think, I think so. maybe those casual fans are like, ah, eh, WWE's in town. I didn't go last time. Maybe I'll go this time. Do you think there's just a greater demand in general to go and see these events? And especially, you know, people have been waiting. Do you think more fans are going to buy tickets?
2: Yes. And I think the kids want to go. And they're saying, hey, daddy, mommy, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. And they'll take them. And, mm-hmm. and of course, they'll enjoy it, too, because WWE, they do put on a good show. Yeah, when you go, I think I think even
0: if you don't get the best show, the spectacle of it, you know, we've heard rumblings of new sets being built for Raw and SmackDown. I know there's some people that are we get questions about it all the time. When are they? When are they going to do? A new set for this? When, you know, the people that love those aesthetics. But I mean, when you go see it, it is a spectacle to see it live. You know, so I do think WWE's not going to do this and do it lightly. Um, but I do think they're going to try and hit up as many big markets as they can. It'd be interesting if they went to smaller ones. Uh, and and try that, but I think big cities will be where they focus first, or big cities that they can get into, because I don't think every city is going to be like this. California might be the last one they they hit on this loop if they if they're going there.
1: Yeah. Um, regardless of where they go, this is this is great news. You know, this is this is what we've been waiting for. I think we we all kind of got that taste of of the live crowd again with WrestleMania 37, and then it was like boom. Right back into the Thunderdome. And it's like, all right, the the piped in crowd noise sucks. Can we get back to to live fans, uh, to to getting uh back to that that natural environment uh for people? And uh I'm 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 looking forward to this. This was a great announcement today. And Dutch, I'm looking forward to that July sixteenth show, that first one with a live crowd. Holy gosh, you know they're gonna make that thing special. I don't care if it is two days before money in the bank.
2: Buy us down there and let's do it live it, right there in the arena and they have to kick us out. Right after this- <laughs> we, we We've, done We've done it before.
0: We've done it before.
2: Drunk. And then they try they gotta kick us out.
1: So <laughs> they dude, that was uh that was night two of WrestleMania. We are literally walking out of the state. It was it was Jose and it was JTG. Uh, who were doing it. We were literally walking out of the stadium, being kicked out by security uh, with with one guy holding the camera and me steering him around the corners as as we were getting thrown out of Raven James Stadium. (laughs) It was hilarious.
2: It was a great time. Let's talk about that first hour. Did you guys like it?
0: I thought the, fir- the first hour kind of dragged a bit. I did think the, the introduction of Rick Boogs was, was, was uh, kind of fresh, but the second hour is where it was at. You had a lot of fresh uh, segments there. You had them. Roman Reigns opened the second hour of the show. I'm kind of surprised they didn't open the show completely with him or get him right there at 7 p.m. beginning of the show, 8 p.m. Eastern. I was surprised by that. But uh, a second hour show, way better than the first hour for sure.
2: Or way, way better. And the the lineup of champions, it just laid there and looked at you. And what what did they do out of there? Didn't Bianca Blair go to the ring and her and Bailey get into it? Then he turned it into a six way. Correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was a six women's tag team match. And again, it's another match that was was Nia Jackson and Shayna versus, you know, Natalia and, and Tamina and then Bailey and and Bianca squaring off again. But I, I know that these people have been in the ring with each other for a, for a while now, especially the the two tag teams there. But I actually thought this was a really fun match. Uh, you know, I did enjoy it. They gave them some time. Uh, Shayna gets a, a win with a Kirafeuda clutch, and now they're going to get a rematch for the tag team titles on Monday. And hopefully, that's it. Hopefully, they lose and it's done, and we can move on to other people. Because I do think it gets sour after a while when you keep seeing the same talent working with one another in the same matches over and over again.
2: We've seen this the the same talent. Five weeks in a row. Isn't
1: yeah, it? I, I mean, especially with those two with those two tag teams, with Naya and yeah. Shayna and Natalia okay. and Tamina, yeah.
2: I mean, the whole show is the same talent. I came on board about five weeks ago, or maybe what? six. But it's the same talent now that it was then. They introduced, at least they introduced two new characters tonight. They introduced uh, the guitar guy, Rick Boone. Rick Boogs. Bootleg Alliance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and hey, one big help is uh, what's that kid's name that is in the corner of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, There,
1: there was, was no Reginald tonight,
0: right? Yeah, I didn't know Reginald.
2: That's an upgrade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> you, if anyone watches our show every week, if you're catching it, uh, a Dutch, not a fan of Reginald.
2: <laughs> not a fan of Reginald. <laughs> well, um, I'm not really impressed by him.
1: Yeah, uh, Paul brings up a good uh, point here. No Riot Squad tonight. Please give them a a match. Give them a title shot. It is mind-boggling to me that they can't get the Riot Squad on TV on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. Absolutely mind-boggling. We didn't see them. We didn't see Carmella. Uh, We didn't see Sasha again. Uh, We didn't see uh, Mia Yim, who's been reportedly moved over to SmackDown. You got five women there that you haven't been able to move over. But they do bring on Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler, who aren't the tag team champs anymore, but they did bring up the old brand to brand quarterly invitational. So at least they have an out anytime they want to just randomly have people show up. Uh, so at least they gave us an explanation for why they were able to be there tonight. But man, I really do hope that Monday night is the last match between Shayna and Naya and finish it. Uh, be done with this for a very, very long time. Let's move on. To something else, you have other tag. You have the longest established tag team in the entire women's division sitting and catering right now in the Riot Squad. Let's get them in a program, please. It really wouldn't be that hard to do.
2: Hey, let me ask you guys something, and I want you to catch me up on this. Yeah, WWE released what about ten talents? Last yeah, week, NXT grand?
0: talents this week. Yeah,
2: yeah, let just me- from
0: NXT and a couple two referees.
2: Okay, this Belveteen dream. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, ah, yes.
2: Pictures of him, I've never seen him work or anything. What was his problem?
0: Uh, Velveteen Dream was accused, uh, though, though none of it has been uh, legally legally brought up in court, of having probably in- inappropriate conversations with uh, with underage people. Uh, and, and and it's debated whether or not he knew they were underage. It was debated about whether or not it was doctored stuff. There's been a lot of back and forth on it, on, and it's strictly on social media. He has said that the, the, like he's not guilty of anything. The company definitely put him on the shelf when this was happening. On top of that, it's been reported that he had some other legal issues that are completely separate from that, that there was some type of like physical altercation he was in at some point in 2020 or the end of 2019. Uh, and that became an issue. And then he had an injury. So it's three different things going on outside of him doing anything in wrestling. And we haven't seen him on television since December. So... Um, you know, when you, when you cut a guy, you haven't seen him on TV in a long time, it, the, it's easier to do that. Uh, but then there's a different situation with one of those cuts, like Alexander Wolf, who was on television on Tuesday night on NXT. He got beaten up by his former faction, and the next day he's cut by the company. His, his, uh, his contract was up in the middle of June, though.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it said about uh, uh, Velveteen Dream. That he was hard to work with. Is that true or
1: no? Yeah, that, that was the other thing is there were, you know, reports that he was unprofessional backstage and, you know, kind of difficult to work with and a lot of things, The which is, you know, obviously everything. There was a lot of baggage that came with Velveteen Dream, and it it it's a shame of the fact that the guy was was so damn good like this was a guy that was pegged by john cena as like one of the next big guys in the company mm-hmm. i think it's only like 24 25 years old the guy has everything that you want in an all-world talent but he mm-hmm. came with all of that baggage and he just basically pissed his career down the toilet at this point i don't you know just- anybody who's going to touch him right now
2: Do you think he'll be back though
0: there, there's always an opportunity for that. I mean, uh, I think you you saw the way make a comparison here. Uh, Enzo Amore was red, red hot when he left WWE. I mean, he may have been very controversial and rubbed people the wrong way, but he was moving the needle. People were talking about him. They brought him over to uh, 205 live just to boot beef up that brand, but he was still red hot. He's still making people mad, but moving the needle is moving the needle, right Dutch. Uh, but then he gets let go because he's accused of something. And then it's found out that that, that whole investigation is dropped. But he got a, he got dropped by WWE cuz he just didn't tell them about it. Uh, I, we don't know Dreams interactions with WWE, what he did and didn't tell them, how they knew about it, how much it affected his current standing in the company. There's a lot that we don't know that people can speculate on uh, and on top of that the other things that this guy was doing. But he's right. This guy was an incredible character. He had some of the, he had some of the better NXT matches in the last 10 years. He had a very unique character for this yeah. time. Uh, and a very, uh, a very uh, strong, diverse character that was bringing a lot of different people. There was a lot of younger fans. I knew that when you talked to them about wrestling and NXT, that Dream was always on that short list. But once all these, uh, once all these allegations came up, people really soured on him, and they really soured on WWE simply just not dropping him right away. But I think there's some legality with that. If they, if they could or they couldn't do that, and then you open yourself up to, you know, reprisal lawsuits and all that different stuff.
2: Let me ask you something. What happened to New Jack? What did he die of? A heart attack?
0: Heart attack. That's what that, that's what his wife told uh, PWI Insider, yes.
2: And Don Kernodal, too. You remember him, Rick?
0: Don Kernodal. That's a name. That's a name I have not heard in some time, but a strong name, right, Rick?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's that's one I'm not uh, I'm not too familiar with, to be completely honest well, with you.
2: But with Sergeant Slaughter. Mm, yeah. I mean, he was an underneath guy. He was just a second or third match guy, and Slaughter took him and trained him to be like a military guy, they got super, super hot. So they ran the big show in Greensboro and it was Slaughter and Carnotville against uh, Steamboat and Mark Youngblood. It seats about 20,000, turned them away.
0: Whoa, for a tag was, match
2: too? For like a t- tag team event? He had ever had in Greensboro up to that point. So, and it just shows you when you do something right, how it works. Yes. So, yes. And, and Slaughter took him and made him like a, a trainee and broke him into boot camp. And he, and sometimes you get heat by osmosis, just being with the group. Mm-hmm. And the kid picked it up. And he wasn't a great interview. He could talk okay, but it was, you know, Slaughter had all that heat to begin with, and it just rubbed off on Don Curnotto. Good guy. Very good guy. I, I hated to hear that. That
1: he'd left us. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough couple of weeks uh, what, for, for
0: wrestling news. You got one more thing, Dutch. Yeah. What do you got?
2: What's the deal with this referee Drake?
0: What's his name? Words. Words. This is our weekly segment of Dutch's Dutch's deal. What's Dutch's deal?
2: With this? <laughs> What's the
0: deal? <laughs> well, that's Jerry Seinfeld. It, uh, I'll, explain. I'll explain. I'll uh, explain. So Drake had had kind of uh, in debt and like. Gotten deep into conspiracy theory issues in Florida with mass mandates, Uh, he was appearing on kind of video conferences with like school board meetings, uh, implying that it was uh, against religious choices to to ask children to wear face masks at school, which was kind of and he was doing this in the thick of the pandemic, meaning like there was no vaccinations yet, there was there was like the regulations weren't there, like he was very against it. He was uh, accusing school board people of like being in like. Uh, child trafficking rings and, and and also doing this while wearing nxt gear while yeah. while wearing like company logos and stuff like that <laughs> there was one time where he was apparently at a video conference on his phone backstage at the performance center uh, and then more news comes out this week that he walked out of a meeting that triple h had last summer where he wanted to talk to the the roster about diversity there was the, there was a, a lot of like You know, civil unrest with the different issues in Black Lives Matter, and he wanted everyone on the roster to know that diversity mattered in the company, that everyone had a place in the company, that everyone was special, and that we we respect that, and we we want to evolve and be a part of what's going on. And he apparently had a big issue with that. There was debate about whether or not he said something, you know, Uh, but he was just rubbing people the wrong way left and right. Uh, And I at one point was suspended. So this isn't just like this was, you know, like this is like this is. I guess the straw broke the camel's back, and then. Drake got the boot uh, he did have a strong wrestling career before WWE and in the independent circuit as Drake younger I don't know if he's gonna go back to that
2: I don't know if take people that have problems like that they don't want back
0: yeah,
2: yeah. And,
0: um, and he
1: and, and much like velveteen dream he was an, he was another guy that you know people just were finding it harder and harder to uh, to work with backstage, uh, according to reports. I know Sean Ross app, uh, with Fightful.com had a lot uh, on that. Uh, getting back uh, to the show tonight and, and getting back to uh, the comments section, don't forget to get your comments in uh, for Dutch, your questions in for Dutch. Uh, we will answer those throughout the show as we get them. Uh, Jack wants <clears throat> to know, so Alistair Black is officially back. That was the big thing. If you're getting caught up, if you uh, missed the end of the show tonight, Alistair Black did return. Cost Big E, the Intercontinental Championship, gave mm-hmm. him a wicked black mass allowing Apollo to retain what push is he getting next and that is the interesting thing because Big E has been pegged for a while here uh Kev as like Mm -hmm. this big solo push he's now kind of out of the intercontinental title picture he's been beat still looks strong in defeat because he had a lot of outside interference there when he had Apollo beat tonight but now you get Alistair Black coming back into the fold, who you don't want to feed to somebody right away. No, so no. you got two guys who you're trying to build up here now, butting heads. Gonna it's a to it's, it's a it's a it's a
0: it's a breaking point thing here. You, you know, Alistair Black comes in with a lot of heat, new new fresh take on his character. Big E had built up a ton of momentum as being a solo star on SmackDown, and a lot of people pegged him to be the next person to go at Roman. I'm yeah. okay with this because I think even if Alistair Black doesn't come out on top of this. There's so many more compelling questions about him. He kind of has a little bit of that um, compelling what's what's he going to do, the intrigue behind the Dark Father. A lot of fans love that stuff about the Fiend. They love the mythos that's being made while the, while the character is out there week to week. You're on board with it. There's superhero fans. There's comic book fans that get into yeah. characters like that, like they did with the Fiend. You, people ask us, when is the fiend gonna present Sister Abigail, and when are they gonna do this? They're creating their own worlds. But and just- kudos to WW writing for doing that, creating they- something like that through through vignettes. And I think, Go ahead, go ahead, Dutch.
2: Has a Sister Abigail been hanging around for six or seven years?
0: Yeah, and they've they brought her back in different forms, and like a hologram, and one time, uh, one time Bray just like put on some cloak and said he was her. That was kind of let's let's forget that ever happened, you know? Yeah, I and mean, remember it was supposed to be Sister Abigail
1: against the demon Finn Balor, and that <laughs> they had to pull Bray from the match because he got. Oh, what was it? He got sick. That was yeah. not that that Kurt Angle had to fill in for Roman as a member of the Shield because they both had this. They the they had a ton of they
0: had, just had a ton of like really poorly timed injuries and like sickness and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah it was a weird yeah. Show. But I mean, I with with uh, with Black, I think that's the bigger thing about him is just like him spouting off all this spiritual gar- jargon and stuff like that. And Biggie can maybe get past him, and, and Black will be fine. And that's a good way to keep them busy coming out of the summer because I think in the fall you always get that lull. You always get that lull in the fall coming off uh, SummerSlam, and then Survivor Series, and you're just kind of like waiting for stuff to come together for Royal Rumble, I think a hot feud with Big E and Roman Reigns in the fall, or whoever the champion is, would be a smart way to go, because at that point, think about this too, there's renewed interest in WWE, because the live events are going to be back yeah. by that point, full yeah. force. So I think WWE kind of had to pivot, that's why you see them moving um, Hell in a Cell up to June instead of October, um, and you know, moving uh, Money in the Bank to July, they're shuffling because they want to make the benefit Of that, they want that emotional pyrotechnic of crowd responses again. So I think uh, what they're doing is trying to do that. And a long story with Alistair Black through the summer, get Big E ready for a title shot in the fall. I'm down for it.
2: I would have Alistair Black hurt Big E next week Mm -hmm. and stretcher him out, bring the ambulance, take him out, take him to the hospital. He's hurt. That's what I would do. And then feed Alistair Black, and then shoot for that. That big show in Houston.
0: Question here for Dutch. You know, Dutch, you, you uh, managed at ringside for some of the great, greatest of all time. Uh, of course, you had the pencil as well, writing different characters. But you perform quite a bit yourself. What did you prefer? Do you prefer being the villain or the hero, the heel or the babyface? What's your preference?
2: It's according to. It's according to the chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, usually I was uh, a heel, basically, because I found it easier to do that. Because. <laughs> Because the heel is the leader in, in the match.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, baby faces lead sometimes, but rarely. But uh, the heels lead because they're the pace setters. They know exactly how. And I've seen some heels that could just almost bring the people to a near ride right and then set them right down and bring them right back up. Mm-hmm. It's an art form. It's what it is. And you can't teach it. They, you can observe it and learn from it, but it's, you can't teach it. That's one of the things you, you either can do it or you can't do it. But but I'd rather be a, a bad guy, a heel.
0: It's more see, fun, right? It's more fun just to go piss people off and leave town, right?
2: Until the people try to kill you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, here we go with Puerto Rico again.
2: <laughs> That's when the fun kind of leaves, you know, when you're running yeah. for your life out the door. And,
0: do you ever think you know, we're going to see reactions like that from <laughs> wrestling fans again? In
2: mean, Puerto Rico i'd I'd booked this finish,,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you remember the commercial? This is when he realized he'd effed up, yeah, <laughs> brother, that crowd, I could feel them getting hotter and hotter, and I said, oh God, this yeah, this is going to be bad and it was. I couldn't leave the floor because they blocked me because we had like a little fence around the court,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and every time I tried they they they'd crowd me in, so finally, I just had to make a run for it. me and my manager. Well, the manager went down quick and I tried to get through him. And, and I went, somebody tripped me and I went down. Some guy kicked me with a, a boot right in the right here, right in the eye. Man. Hopefully yeah. it wasn't steel toads. I'm fighting three of them trying to make my way around the corner. You know, security was non existent. You're <laughs> on your own in Puerto Rico. So I got around to the door and if it hadn't been for Glenn Jacobs, who opened that door? Because he heard a bunch of noise outside the door. He opened the door, and they all looked at him like this. And he reached out and he grabbed me and he pulled me in. <laughs> and for that, I don't know. I may, I may have had a knife sticking at me. Oh, so, Jesus! Do you
0: do you do you ever think wrestling will ever get back to something like that? The the business. Like that type of like chaotic scene. Do you, do you, I mean, because it, it creates for a better story. Like it makes it easier for you guys to get him back in the place the next time. But obviously, you you you, it's so dangerous. Do you ever think it could be like that again?
2: No, no. But but you can tell a story that the people yeah. can get invested in and kind of believe. But I don't think you can make them mad like that anymore. Like that, they just because the you know we pull that curtain back so much. Mm-hmm. They know it's produced and, and they know it's manufactured. <clears throat> so anybody who wants to unless one of the wrestlers had messed with one of the fans' girlfriends or wife or something, they kind of get touchy about that stuff. So yeah. but I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think it'll ever get back like that again. I was gonna
1: say more more nowadays, like at least with the, the live audiences, like their their revolt is to hijack a show. Yeah. Yes. Like, you remember when you remember when uh, the night after Roman beat The Undertaker. Roman had him eaten out of the palm of his hand. All he had to do was stand in the ring and every couple of minutes just lift the microphone up to his mouth like he was going to say something and then pull it back down because the boos were so damn loud. That opening segment was 10-15 minutes long and all Roman said was this is my yard now and the roof blew off the joint with boos. The crowd will hijack a match now, but uh, yeah, I don't don't know if they'll ever... uh, They'll ever get back to, to the way that was. And I'm glad you pulled this question up uh, mm-hmm. here, because this is where I was going. You brought up uh, Glenn Jacobs.
0: Uh, we got a question here for about uh, his uh, kayfabe uh, brother, Kevin. Uh, this is a question from Jack Lepisto. He wants to know, Dutch, you had some time working with the man who had become The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, years <laughs> before he ever donned that famous character. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know he was going to be a, good, uh, a big star when you were working with him back in Memphis?
2: Oh, I knew that his potential was there. He's 6'10" and he's an athlete, and he's not stupid. He's got some sense about him. And he ended up going to – he wanted to go to WWF right away, and I told him, I says – and I don't know if he listened to me or not, but I didn't think that would be a good move for him because I thought he would get – at the time, time timing's everything. I thought if he had went then, he'd get covered up. I said, why don't you go to WCW first – They'll let Vince see you, because that's that's the whole clue of getting Vince to agree with you, is you have to talk to him, and make him think it's his idea. You give him an idea, and if he likes it, he'll start adding to it. Now it's his idea. Now he's probably more in the uh, the mood of, you know, doing the angle. So I told him to go to WCW first, let Vince see you there, and then go. So, so I remember we were in Nashville and that was when the territories were dying. Nobody was making any money and Cornette was in, he was in Atlanta and I, and Mark wanted, uh, Mark wanted to go to Atlanta. So I picked the phone up, I called Cornette and we, he, we were just lucky because I think Sid Vicious had just got hurt. He would teamed up with Dan Spivey. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Sid got hurt and he was looking for another, what do they call the, what would they call skyscrapers or something?
0: They were skyscrapers, yes.
2: Okay. And they were looking for another big guy. And I said, I got a guy here's perfect for you. He's 6'10. He said, let me talk to him. This was like a Wednesday. I said, okay. So he talked to him and he said, can you start next Monday? And he said, yeah. So he got hired on a Wednesday to start the Monday pass there. So he was on his way. And good wow. He deserved it.
1: Clearly. I, I love how you basically have to play uh you basically have to take the uh uh the plot from the movie Inception and just kind of make
0: that <laughs> Vince's idea. You basically <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Inception and make it think it's Vince's idea? Yeah, well I mean there there's a level of collaboration, you have to bring him something and see if he can work with it. And then it becomes his idea because he takes what you do and he fits it into the mold of his things. I would describe it as no different than Lauren Michaels, who runs Saturday Night Live, of this just standing, never-ending franchise where there's a ton of people writing for him, and then you bring it to him, and then he puts the magic on it. He he, he puts, he fits it into the realm of his thoughts, and then it becomes their idea, their show. And I, I think when everyone said, oh, Vince doesn't have any great ideas, I was like, no, he has great ideas. He has a great idea on top of your idea. He's very good at the sauce. He's very good when when he's his best. He's been able to add something and create. I mean, the, what he needed was the stake of Mark Calloway, and I have this. I have this character. I have the Undertaker, and he put the Undertaker on him. It's, and, and when people say it's his greatest creation, I don't. I don't disagree with that. In terms of longevity and the character being interesting, and and the performer taking it as far as he did, um, it lines up. I got to speak with Jim Ross this week. I know you've worked with him a whole lot, Dutch, and he kind of he kind of added that that you bring idea to Vince, it becomes his idea. That's that's the best combination for him.
2: Mm-hmm. And you go in there, and he's right because uh, talking to Vince, very intimidating. Yeah, and that's why you can't give any any ideas angles to the writers because they don't understand it to begin with.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So if they want to pass it along the fence, if he asks them a question about it, they can't defend it. They can't justify it. That's why the talent needs to go in there and lay it out to him. This is what's going to happen. And what do you think? Because he, he has final, final say on it anyway. Even some of the agents can't lay the angle down. That's why you got to go in. That's why he has a line waiting on him every week. <laughs> Because you know, so, and one time they just cut the line off, nobody else is waiting. You
0: gotta- <laughs> like autographs, like an autograph society, <laughs> like hey, it's over, no one else can pitch ideas to vince today.
2: <laughs> I wanted to talk to him one day, and I couldn't get in all day because that's when, uh, that's when's what's his name? Uh, forgive me, guys, I'm, I've been oh, you know. Doing- not. Who who was who who did the MMA match and got beat in two minutes? What's his name?
0: Cain oh, Velasquez. Oh, CM Punk. CM Punk. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry.
2: CM Punk was quitting that day.
0: Oh, okay, oh. two thousand fourteen. Yeah, so yeah, hard he, day to talk to Vince.
2: He, <laughs> yeah, he took up the whole afternoon. I said, "Well, screw it. I'll get him later." You know, but uh, but I used to walk by there and he'd be guys lined up. It's almost like you know, if you in the army, you just going to sick bay. He's all like. <laughs> <laughs> so. What all right guys make sure it. to
1: get uh, more of your questions in for dutch as well we get uh well we'll take more of your comments uh, on the show as well get those in also make sure to give us the, the old thumbs up there the heart emojis the the smiley face emojis whatever whatever emotions we're making you feel this evening the more engagement we get the better also please make sure to uh if you're here for the first time we appreciate you checking in on the show make sure to uh subscribe to our facebook channel make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel we have tons of content like this all the live shows uh, reaction shows uh, exclusive interviews i got a big one with uh uh, excuse me, should I say a colossal one coming up with Bronson Reed, uh, the new NXT North American Champion on Monday? Uh, so stay tuned for that. If you subscribe to the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel and the Facebook page, uh, you'll get that uh, notification as soon as it drops. So we really do appreciate that. Uh, Thus, there was one match in particular tonight that I wanted to talk to you about, and that was uh, it was the it was the shortest match of the show, mm-hmm. and for some reason it just kind of bothered me. And this was this was uh, Robert Roode versus Dominic, and it was a re- it was a really simple match a really really quick match but there's just something eating at me at the thought of dominic who is still really really, really green a, a rookie still he's only been wrestling for about you know 9 months or so okay beating a 20 year vet in robert rude that quickly that cleanly and not in a fluke fashion he just he just flat out beat him tonight and there's something I don't know. There's something eating me in that because I just don't find that believable. Did
0: you have an issue with how that match went down? I disagree, but I want to hear what Dutch has to say.
2: No, I disagree, too. I-, I thought it was a good match. Actually, up to that point, it was the best match on the show. Mm. Up to that point, I thought. Yeah, that was and right before the main event. Domin- Dominic, he's he's a big kid, and, it's kind of, and he's trained by his dad. Yeah. So it's not uh, unbelievable or inconceivable mm-hmm. that he could actually beat Root. And it doesn't hurt, Bruce. You can beat heels like that. It, it doesn't hurt them. But uh, if you beat Dominic a little too much, he's dead, completely yeah. dead. Yeah, He, he needs a the
0: moment. Dominic he, needs the momentum. He needs yeah, the momentum can, as much as he can get it. Yeah.
2: And and Rude and, and him and DOP together, you know, they they can just keep going. But mm-hmm. I do like the match coming up next week with uh, who's the, uh, the the Usos versus the Street. Oh.
0: Street Profits. Yeah, this oh. one came together pretty well. I enjoyed the backstage segments with this, with Jimmy going to his brother and saying, don't listen to Roman. This is about you and I. We don't, you don't have to do everything he tells you to do. And J.S. Oh, well, I will have to go ask Roman if we can have this match. He didn't say we could have this match. And, and that's why I don't think we're getting it. I,
1: yeah. I think, and you know what? The thing I love most about this setup was Sonya Deville literally saying, yeah, we can do that match, but it's huge. Give us a week to promote it. Like this is this is a money match. Give us a week to promote it. None of this. Let's throw this big ass match together and put it on the show tonight. I Rick, love- have they done it? Have they done Street Profits Ooh. versus Usos? They've no, never done. They it. have not. No. And I have I have talked to Montez Ford and Jay Uso about this match, trying to manifest it. And they <laughs> know this is a big match that they want to do. So and I'm Street Profits, I'm profits cut a hell of
0: a promo too. Yes, they, they got did. A hell of i I'm promo extremely
1: promo hyped too. for this. I'm extremely excited for this. But I don't think based off the reaction that Roman Reigns had tonight and really didn't give his blessing for this tag match. I don't think there's a chance in hell. This match is happening next week. I think it's going to end up being a pseudo handicap match. And Jimmy's going to get his butt whooped because I think eventually we're leading to some kind of Uso's Reigns match at Hell in a Cell. That's what's, that's what's going to go down, I think, at Hell
0: in yeah, a Dutch, Cell. Yeah, Dutch, how, how, how do you play this out? How do you make this family drama work? Because, you know, in October, last time we had Hell in a Cell, they were able to do something really, really special with Jay Uso being basically beaten into being the servant of Roman Reigns in an I Quit match his cousin who was on uh, knee surgery, running in there to save the match and and call the match for him. Now it's almost (laughs) an inverse of that. Do you have the brothers fight each other in the cell and Roman overlooks the whole thing?
2: Where do you go with this? I think uh, Roman tells him not to go in that match and he gets with his brother. His brothers talks him into going. So he goes down reluctantly and the match starts and they're doing pretty good. And then Roman shows up and tells him to leave
0: go yeah
2: and follows him out and he don't want to and he's looking back and forth And Roman said get get here now and Jimmy gets his butt whipped so
0: I think we're gonna have to snip this out and play this in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> ways <when,
2: when>, <laughs> to go but so you got to keep the bullying part of Roman alive yeah and he's control and he, he didn't give his blessing to it he's the head of the table you're going against the family, so
1: right. this is like going against Don Corleone. Like you just don't do it, man. You don't. You don't disrespect the mob boss. You don't go against his wishes. Otherwise, oh, dude, he was mob haunted. bossing.
0: Uh, Roman was mob bossing so much. Do you know how many, uh, like picture in picture, you know, like when someone wears an outfit and another character wore an outfit? I saw a ton of Tony Soprano in his black and white tracksuit next to Roman Reigns in his black. And then I saw a lot of people bring up how uh, The Rock had his own little tracksuit deal a few weeks, a few years ago when he did like a, a cameo on WWE. Um boy. Uh, like immediately I was like, they're doing something there. It was quite the luck by Roman tonight. I also like that Roman said, I don't like to brag about myself on television.
1: Even though <laughs> he literally bragged a couple of weeks ago about winning at WrestleMania, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that, Dutch?
2: But I thought when he handed the mic to Heyman, it led you to believe something was gonna happen there. Mm-hmm. Because Heyman wasn't ready for the mic. And mm. he gave it Did you feel that? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe,
0: maybe Roman throwing a curveball to his, his, uh, his, his backup guy.
2: If, if Lesnar comes back, and that was your idea, right, Rick?
1: Uh, yeah, that, that, I think that's a natural thing to bring Brock back and have them fight over Paul Heyman. They don't even need the title in that situation. Just have them fight over Paul Heyman.
2: I don't think they're fighting over Paul Heyman. I think Paul Heyman is fighting with himself where he wants to go. You what his, I mean?
1: Yes. Here's the other interesting thing that I would love to talk to, love to ask you about, because, um, you know, you look at, at dominant tag teams like I think it would be really, really fun if somehow they they were able to take Roman Reigns. And I don't know if Brock would be interested in this, but if yeah. they were able to take Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and team them up with them in a tag team division, Whoa. it would be insane, even if it only Whoa. lasted for a few weeks but I think you would run into the same problem that you did with the brothers of destruction is how do you book those guys? Because how do you book them to lose? Like that's, that's kind of the same issue you would run into with Roman Reigns and
0: Brock Lesnar.
2: think that they split before they lose. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I and mean, then if you want to bring them back together in the future, it'll be, it'll be exciting.
2: When you have a guy that's big and strong and almost invincible You know, sometimes when it comes time to beat him, you have to be very careful how you do that. Because now if you beat him, they're not invincible anymore. Right. That's your whole gimmick. So when they get beat, well, it's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: and that that was my biggest issue with the the Goldberg-Fiend match that we saw in Saudi Arabia is you literally had a guy... Who took more punishment than any character in the history of professional wrestling and just kept coming? Dude, literally survived an execute, an, an electrocution from Seth Rollins to win the Universal Championship. And then he goes up against Goldberg, eats two spears, a half ass jackhammer, and one, two, three. It's over in two minutes. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense. And yeah, you kind of c- kill the allure of the character that way.
2: Why did they do that?
1: I have no earthly idea. Well, I know why. They did it because they wanted Roman Reigns to win the, the Universal Championship at WrestleMania off of Goldberg. And that was 36. And then Roman left like literally two days before the match was uh, was booked. And we ended up getting Braun Strowman winning the Universal title off Goldberg. I,
0: I need Dutch's take on this. We have the Roman Reigns promo. He gets interrupted by Cesaro with his arm in a sling again. Uh, and then Cesaro gets attacked by Seth Rollins, who attacked him at the pay-per-view this past Sunday. I thought that was a great pay-per-view. Zombies aside, you guys have heard me rant about that all week. <laughs> um, but I thought that was really strong. I didn't mind Cesaro losing. I thought he had a valiant effort. And that's okay. It running of a New Japan uh, finish, where there's, like there's the villain is strong enough where he can beat the hero, but you he still love the hero. And it made Cesaro more important. What do you think, though, here, Dutch, of Cesaro and Seth Rollins is kind of like the side picture, you know, where we thought we were going to have more Cesaro coming at Roman, and they keep going with uh, Seth Rollins. A fun little beatdown with him, too, where he kind of went back for that third dip and put him those on Those
1: eyes, concert. man. Those cra- yeah.
0: Nobody does crazy eyes like Seth Rollins does. It
1: was yeah, great.
2: He, he, did, he did them well. I'm, I'm, I would have to really think about that one because I think they've almost uh, reached their limit to what they can do. I mean, you can go some gimmick matches – but I don't know how that. They put them me. in the cell.
0: Do they put? Do they put? Do they put? Do they put Cesaro and, and uh, Seth Rollins in the Hell in a Cell match?
2: Wouldn't hate it. Could. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's for them to figure out, and that's for us to tear down. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Think they're not gonna like it. They could do something else. So.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, Rick. You better nitpick, Rick. Here we go. Get those <laughs> tweezers ready, Rick. Get those I, tweezers I, ready. I still think uh, de- it depends on how many Hell in a Cell matches we're gonna get
1: at the event this year. Usually they do. Two or three? Man, they, did th- I- they did three in October. Three yeah, in October. so I think we'll get one women's match. Maybe Bianca and Bailey, the, the the rivalry, that the heat that they're getting between one another seems to be something that would be worthy of, of Hell in a Cell, but also you have Charlotte and Rhea Ripley too, so I think either one of those are a candidate. I still think it's going to end up being the reverse of what we got uh, last October in Hell in a Cell. It's going to be Roman Reigns versus Jimmy Uso this time around. I, I've been
0: pushing for that. I'm hoping that that's what happens here. Um, but Chris yeah. Jackson yeah. is on you. He said nitpick, Rick. We, they want a nitpick. They want the tweezers. Get them out. Let's, let's, let's pluck I a hair I only
1: nitpicked once with the Dominic-Robert uh, <laughs> Rude match. How much nitpicking do you want me to do?
2: <laughs> hey, let me ask you something. I read this. So you probably read the same thing. An all-female show. Uh, this has been talked about for a while. Mickey James,
0: after her exit from WWE, she has her own podcast, uh, Grown Ass Women. Go check it out. Uh, Gaw has a very, very fun show with her and Victoria and, and, and SoCal Val. Very fun conversations. I like That's it. Right. Very lighthearted stuff. Yeah. Uh, but she talked about how she had pitched that that, that, that had been talked about. Mick Foley tweeted out, Vince, do this now before someone else does it. You have the talent to do it. And also, I would say there's a lot of younger female wrestling fans that want that. And they only tune in for the women, and they only tune in for their favorites, and they're very casual, but they're very dedicated. Uh, I think me, it'd be a great idea and a perfect thing to put on Peacock.
2: Let me tell you guys a story. Please. When TNA was with, what was that network they were with? <laughs> what,
0: what were you saying there, Rick? You cut off a little bit at the beginning.
2: TNA was with first.
0: Oh, uh, sci-fi, uh, Sci-Fi, right? Sci-Fi. Uh, uh, no,
2: they were on, they were on Spike uh,
0: before that. They Spike. were on Fox Sports. Yeah.
2: Well, they kept talking about this male demo. 18 to 32 male demo and they kept talking about it. And then they kept looking over the papers and where well, we were low on this and everything was, you know, they had numbers to everything. I said, guys, I got a, I got a question. I says, and I thought, if you're looking for males, 18 to 32, don't you think the easiest, fastest way to get these guys is to have females say 18 to 26, in the ring, half naked. Don't you think that'd be a good way to draw these guys in? And they said, "Yeah, that'd be great." And I t- almost talked them into doing the show because if Glow went, you, you guys watch Glow, right? Yeah, I I, I, I love the show, but and then and, and TNA had the best wom- women's women's ro- roster around in those days, so I think we could have took that show and outdrew TNA with the all male show.
0: And you, when you were booking uh, with with TNA and you were involved in the creative direction of it, you, you've told us several times on the show that some of the highest and, and best performing segments you presented were the women being featured in main events. You had Awesome Kong, you had Gail King, you had the beautiful people, you guys, I mean, especially in that mid 2000s era. You had a very, very strong women's roster that many people thought was stronger than what WWE was presenting on television at the time.
2: Well, the first meeting I had with the girls—excuse my language—but I said, "Girls, you're no longer whores and sluts and bitches. You're you're athletes. So I want you to go out there, and I want you to kick the guys' asses. And they loved that. And they went out there, and week after week after week after week, they uh they turned in the. That's what kept TNA in the game." for about two years at least, they kept drawing the highest segments on the show, which, of course, added to the to the other segments, brought that average up. But right. they never really got the respect, I, I don't think, that they deserved. And, you know, I had too many people trying to – they threw one girl in there that couldn't – I think Booker T's wife worked with her. You remember that match? Her name was Jenna something, I think.
0: Oh, they—they—they uh, they, they have the reality TV star. They would have the cameos and different stuff like that. Yeah,
2: that I've seen on TV. Just the, horrible.
0: The worst, the worst you've ever seen.
2: Oh, yeah, well, probably not the worst, but damn <laughs> <laughs> near close to it. So, but anyway, so uh, so
0: w if WWE did that all female show, you you brought it up. They have the depth to do this. They've built up this talent for a long, long time. And also, you mentioned as you said. I, you went, you went to the women you had in the roster. You're no longer this. You're athletes. You're going to go out there and you're going to kick ass and we're going to take you serious and Mm -hmm. present you that way. WWE took their time to get there. Obviously, they saw, oh, we can do this reality show with women. Women want to watch strong women be strong and Mm -hmm. they're going to come in and follow our show. I've been to WWE events the last five years. There's a lot more women at those shows. There's a lot more than there was when I was in high school and college.
2: And they're in their prime. It was all male. It was an all male show. Mm hmm. Because they didn't draw any women. Because the women, they don't want to come and see the blood and people thrown off balconies and that. That's not endearing to them. That's not endearing to them. Is what I'm meant to say.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: you put women now, you know, with good-looking guys and they are all in shape, and that's what they come to see. And you got a lot of kids out there too. So you got to hit your demographics. All of your demographics, you got to give them something. One thing I think that WWE doesn't give them. Uh, that I used to give them, I used to give them like a comedy match or a comedy, mm-hmm. set, you know, to get the people to laugh and loosen them up a little bit, and, and the kids could identify with it.
0: But <laughs> and, that's what zombies are for, Dutch. That's why you have zombies now.
2: But uh, they ate, they ate, uh, who did they, Miz? They ate Miz. Now,
1: poor, poor Miz, R.I.P., uh, yeah, he he got he got devoured by zombies. But uh, you know, the thing that I like about the idea of of the all women show is is like you said, Kev is they have the depth there. I mean, yep. as, as Paul brought up, I, I pulled this up a couple of times. We we, haven't seen, we haven't seen Carmella on TV uh, a whole lot lately. We haven't seen the Riot Squad. Uh, Mia Yim reportedly moving over to SmackDown. We haven't seen her. We got one women's match tonight. Now, granted, they took up a large portion of the show. And again, I thought it was a fun match, but they still found a way to shoehorn two Raw superstars in there. And we had five women on the SmackDown roster that we didn't get. You look over on Monday Night Raw. We haven't seen Nikki Cross in weeks. Uh, before they were released, we we barely got anything uh, to do with the, with the Iconics. You have a lot of women in NXT who aren't on TV every week. If you if you took a broad scope of like what they do with main event, how they tape like two or three main event matches before Raw. If you just did that, if you book, if you before each main show recorded a match for an all women's brand. In front of a live audience, you have the the LED board, so you can change main event.
0: Real turn quick. turn main event. It, I mean, main events is syndicated show. It's mostly on uh, international television deals, and you can get it on Hulu. I, I would turn that show into an hour for women every single week, just yes. women in the ring and women's angles, and make that a show that's you, only you can, on Peacock. You yeah. can report a show using raw talent, a show, a, a match using uh, NXT talent, and a
1: match using SmackDown talent, and you could get them all on TV and give them their own their own show to do, and you. Could re- out on the road you can mix and match these matches and turn it all and uh, edit it into one show I think it would be a really easy and really smart thing to do and I think that, that w- that's a show that would catch fire
0: yeah and I think getting the women away from the men and just letting them have their own platform it feels special I don't think it would get old quickly I think it would be fun for a very very long time uh, because it would just it clears the air it just lets it be one thing that it is and I, I think I think that would be exciting I would want to watch it I would want to watch it
2: yeah so rude and uh, Dominic bothered you tonight, Rick? I get I think it was
1: just the way that that Dominic won, just winning that clean with the frog splash, I think I don't have a problem with Dominic winning the match because you know you, like you guys said, he's the one that needs the momentum. He just won the tag team titles. You're trying to build him up. That's fine. In a one-on-one match where there really wasn't a whole lot of outside interference, I would have rather have seen him win with a you know a schoolboy roll up or, or or something like that, and not just flat out beat Robert Rude that easily, that quickly. Um, I mean, he really kind of control. It was a quick match, but Dominic really kind of controlled the whole thing. Like, it was really.
2: It was a, it was a good match.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying anything from a technical standpoint was wrong. I just, I don't know. The, the, it, it just gave me a weird feeling. I don't know. It was, it, it's just me. Sometimes I get these things. It's not that big of a deal. I understand where you guys are coming from, though.
2: Wait a minute. I'm going to write this down. Rick hated Dominic. Warning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Morning. Bet you moron why
0: did you do that? In Josh it's it's Uchino. That's U C C. It's actually Uchino. You, you keep <laughs> you oh, what a- Uchino
2: huh? or Eugino?
1: You- Uchino. Chino. Chino, you okay, U- U- Chino. That's how it, that's how it's said. People have been saying it wrong my whole life. It's it's just kind of second nature of me to go whatever, close enough. Uh, <laughs> we do have uh, we do have one match that that we didn't talk about tonight, and it was a match that we've seen now three weeks in a row. But they made it feel different tonight because of the debut of Rick Boogs uh, mm. interrupts uh, King Corbin tonight. He plays Shinsuke down the ring tonight. Uh, he provides the distraction that lets, uh, lets Nakamura beat uh, King Corbin with a roll-up, and he walks away with the, the crown again tonight. I think this is a really interesting uh, way to kind of to put some new shine on Shinsuke Nakamura, who's been a guy that they just have not used a whole lot in the last several months. Uh, even when they put titles on him, they didn't really do a whole lot with him. But all of a sudden now, he's got this this interesting little angle with, with Rick here and an interesting little partner and a guy who can bring him down to the ring. All of a sudden, there's something a little special there cooking with Shinsuke Nakamura right now. And he's walking around uh, with the, with the King Corbin's crown, and it's pissing him off. So, uh, I, I like this little angle, but we don't need to see the same match every week. Right, Dutch? Like, Nakamura can wrestle somebody else.
2: What they'll do, they'll give him four to six weeks. And especially after they start touring, that's going to be the test if he goes on the road. And I'm sure he will. But, uh they will see how the live fans respond to him. And if they respond to him favorably, you know, he's got a spot. If not, eh, they'll cut him.
1: Yeah. Uh, we got a great question here from uh, Mason Clark. Uh, Dutch, if there's one guy or gal in
0: WWE right now that you could manage. Mason. Yes. Mason Clark.
2: Okay. I don't know. <laughs> he,
0: uh, the question is if there's one guy or gal in WWE that's uh, on television that you could manage. Who would you like it to be? Who would you want to work with and why?
2: Uh, a girl?
0: Anyone, guy or, guy or girl. gal, guy or gal.
2: Oh, I'd have to think about that. It wouldn't be King Corbin, I'll tell you that. It wouldn't be her. <laughs> it, w- it wouldn't be uh, Shayna Baszler. It wouldn't be her either. Well, who comes uh, to
0: mind? Who Who do you think, like, oh, we could do. I could do something fun there? Girl, like, ever-
2: that, girl that they cut. I would love to manage her, and that would be Chelsea Green.
0: Hmm. Mm, mm. Where would and you wait, go there? Why try, try so? reeling the crazy? Trying reeling the
2: crazy? Yeah, we had her in TNA. We did a wedding angle where she got left at the altar. Loved it. And it messed her up so bad. And she kept coming out with her makeup. Oh, the, and the hot mess, dude. The hot mess was so fun. It was the, so much fun. Loved her. And she could say anything, she could do anything. And right before I could really get the heat on her, they it, it was decision was made. Oh, let's put her back in wrestling clothes. I said, "If you, if you do that, she's going to look like everybody else. She's the hot mess, uh, Laura Von Ness, and that was her gimmick. And she was great at it. Oh, so, and it was so it was
0: some of the best stuff that oh, teeny Impact was, had. Like one of the was, best characters, one of the best characters. Oh
2: yeah, that, that was good, good stuff, and easy to book. And you could do anything with her. Mm -hmm. And then that's the type of person you want to really say you want some girls to get heat on them. If they do something to her that makes people mad because she has a connection and chemistry with the fans and they'll want to see her, they'll want to see her get even, but I love the girl. She's a good girl and she got a great story too. She didn't really want to be a wrestler, but she started getting into it in college and i think she went somewhere she's from canada too she went somewhere and then ended up and i told her i said you'll be in the wwe someday and she said oh, no, i don't know i said oh yeah you will so and she was there and i think i think she'll be back i really yeah. do yeah I, I do think I, she
0: I, yeah i think she's I one of those people you. that will find her way back to wwe at some point especially staying healthy she had some bad luck with injuries she had some real bad luck with injuries while she was there i mean the debut match on smackdown she breaks Break. her wrist in in the first 2 minutes of the match just yeah
1: Absolute uh, heartbreaking on that one uh, Dutch I had one question For you uh, tonight I was randomly Followed on Twitter which by the way you can follow All three of us our Twitter handles are right here on the uh, On the screen spelled out uh, As they see but tonight I was randomly followed On Twitter by one Jeff Jarrett And I hmm. think that has a lot to do with uh, You tweeting out my name uh, earlier So I appreciate that when you were pimping the show tonight So in yeah. honor of uh, Mr. J.E. Double F double R. double T Whatever the hell it is <laughs> What, what is your favorite Jeff Jarrett story? Oh,
0: I bet you, I bet you got, to, uh, I bet you got some really good ones. Dodge, come on, you, you worked, you worked some time with him.
2: I can't tell my favorite Jeff Jarrett story, <laughs> <laughs> brother. He is, he's a lot of fun, and he's funny, and you know, and I, you see, I've known Jeff since he was fourteen years old, and you know when I met him, when I was working in Nashville, and he used to. And his grandmother promoted shows. You know, she would do Nashville and Evansville and Louisville. And he used to go and sell concessions. So that's how I met him. And he was 14 years old. And then we got him into the business in Memphis. And his first match in Memphis was against a guy named Tony. I can't even remember his last name now. But it had so much heat on that match. And Tony hadn't won a match since construction of the Civil War. (laughs) he went out there and he had more heat and every time he touched Jeff and Jeff come back, the place went nuts so but Jeff's a a good guy and uh, I'm glad he's following you, he follows me too good guy
0: Yes. Uh, great, great, man. I got to speak with Conrad Thompson. Uh, we, we rolled out that interview this week, available on our YouTube channel, our Facebook watch. dropping that in our podcast feed as well. If you guys haven't subscribed, we're available on Spotify, hopefully on Apple sometime soon. And of course, Jeff uh, going into the podcast game himself uh, recently with My World, uh, launching under the Ad Free Shows banner. So, good on him. And I think he's doing
2: really well with it.
0: Yeah, they they opened up and they had like hundreds of thousands of listeners like, right away. Right Seven-
2: away. Billion people in the world, Whew. and 7.2 billion have podcasts.
0: <laughs> yeah, so and, so you know,
2: including yeah, us, Kev,
0: yeah. including us. So
2: we're all fighting over the other 300 million.
1: <laughs> yeah, because uh, Kevin and I got together four weeks ago and decided, you know what, you know what, the world really needs another wrestling <laughs> podcast. It needs another one. It needs
0: it. another one yes
1: so we did you that uh, three weeks ago it's the inside cradle comes out every thursday at 8 p.m unless we have technical difficulties then sometimes it'll come out at nine fifteen or 10 o'clock but thursday night it drops on thursday
0: into the- friday we'll get you through the wrestling weekend it'll cover the whole weekend it won't feel out of place after smackdown we cover all the big topics one hit if you're like oh they got too much i just want one thing this is the way to go it's 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 all hey, hits no you, shits one podcast did you
2: not rick I didn't have any trouble getting over here. and I just came right on.
1: I know. I'm so proud of you. You're you're oh. learning how to work the Google on the internet machine.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had no SeaWorld whales getting yeah. in your way, splashing.
2: It was good. You're ready to go. Orcas or anything. <laughs> I came right over. And you know how I did it? How? I read the directions. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it worked. <laughs>
0: always read the instructions (laughs) the way you you said that was like when it's like an infomercial like it's a made for tv product
2: it really works so anything else
1: Talk about guys. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a, a probably a late arrival to the show. Wanted to know what we all thought about, uh, Mr. Alistair Black, uh, returning tonight. Again, he did show up in the main event, took out Big E. Just to sum up, I find this very, very interesting. I'm happy they brought him back after four chapters. I really thought that they were going to continue this story out for a really long time before we saw him again. And then when that bright light popped up, I didn't think it was going to be Aleister Black. I'm sitting here going, now, who the hell is this? Like, Aleister Black was the furthest thing from my mind. And then when he showed up, my jaw literally dropped and, and hit the floor. I'm really, really intrigued about this match, uh, this, this rivalry that he has decided to start with Big E. I'm interested to see why he decided to go after Big E, and hopefully we'll find out next week. But, Kev, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Alistair Black back on my TV screen, that's for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't understand the white light, though.
0: Yeah, that was different. The way they introduced him where there was this like this glaring white. there's definitely it's definitely one of those things I think they can only kind of do in the Thunderdome in terms of a controlled light, like that type of thing. I don't know what that would look like in a crowd. Yeah. Um, and and the way they shoot it, you know, would it be as distracting? I do like that they're trying to do in terms of presentation things like that that they can only do in a closed set, uh, you know, setup. Like they did that with Rollins tonight. Like the, the way they were pulling him out, the way he ran and jumped over the barrier and everything like that. Those are things you can only do on a closed set. That's why uh, Hell in a Cell got moved from October to a few weeks from now because it'll look better on TV. They can shoot it from every different angle. There's no one around them. you know. Uh, I'm okay with that. If they did Hell in a Cell in a closed set show with only a few people in the future, I'd be fine with it if it was just like that too. You know, If you're not driven by tickets.
2: You know what I don't like? I don't like the interviews in the back. Mm. I just don't like them.
0: you want them in front of the crowd, in front of the screens and everything
2: like that? Clearly, but, you know, it just looks weird. Mm. I mean, all of a sudden, they find the girl in the back and they do the interview. Mm -hmm. You know Mm. what I would like to see? I would like to see an announcer almost take it back to old school. No. In front of the ring or in the ring and let him interview the guy. I've, I've always thought that because WWE, they've only been doing it for 30 years. I've only had like a
0: few years experience doing with AAW in the Midwest and working with a handful of people. I don't mind working with like the backdrop and the set like that. Cause we can do multiple takes and we can, we can, we can find it right where we want it if we want to, yeah, live
2: uh, but community. I've always
0: enjoyed it in front of a crowd In front of a crowd. is just special. There's something unique about that.
2: Well, in front of the crowd, I think is, I think the people, they would enjoy that because it's live. Mm-hmm. When it's live, you can get anything. So Remember how uh, they used to do those interviews in the middle of the ring and the announcer would call them out and, hey, what do you think and what do you think? And I think that adds a little more realism to it, if you can even do that, if that's even a factor anymore.
0: I mean, but, when you get live fans back, do as much as you can in front of the crowd. Really yeah. like embrace that as something special. I, I think people are more prone to tune out
1: something on a TV screen than something that's right in front of them. Inside the ring too, mm. I feel like you know if it's on TV, they'll be looking at their phone or or this, that, and the other thing. I I think people are more apt to pay attention to what's going on uh, in the ring. But uh, guys, we have uh, run out of time uh, again this week. Uh, Dutch, what you got going on this week? Where can people follow you and all that stuff? Obviously, you got uh, your Twitter handle right there. I'm going to Vegas. Ooh. Ooh, so is WWE
0: in in uh, in August? Apparently, uh, reportedly, <laughs> yeah. SummerSlam could be there. What, what are you going to go see in Vegas, Dutch? What are you going to go see?
2: That's why I'm going to move out there and wait till WWE shows up. Oh, okay. See, and then be, move back. <laughs> I'll, I'll be first in line to buy a ticket since oh, they won't God. let me in anymore. Or
0: I'll have oh, to- come on now.
2: Somebody... But, I, but I, the ex wrestler discount is <laughs> like 50% off. and 50% <laughs> So it's not a bad deal. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's not a bad deal.
2: No, if any man wants to talk to me, dirtydutchfantel at gmail.com. I'm in a process of setting my website up for the 19,000th time in about two years. And, uh, other than that, uh, I'm going to open up a cameo. You know, the cameo thing. Yeah. I asked, I must go. Do you want to do one? I said, yeah, I'll do one. And guess what? I still hadn't done it. Cause I just, I'm doing crap. And they said, Hey, you want to do this or not? We got this special deal now and they keep on, but I think they've kind of slacked off now. They said, He's too hard to work with. I'm probably the Velveteen Dream going <laughs> 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 because <laughs> I'm too hard to work with. So anyway, hey, hey fans, if you got a question for me, uh, email me. I'll, I'll email you back, but I don't got nothing else to do. <laughs>
1: Dev, you got a ton of crap going on. What's
2: uh, what's, uh I have
0: I have a lot right now. I, I am uh truly rocking on air like a way I've never done before. Uh, Monday through Friday, you can catch me mornings on WQLZ.com, a great rock radio station on Springfield, Illinois, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Then I jump over to Rockford, Illinois on the X XRockford.com. Thank you for writing that down, Dodge. It's the X Rockford, Uh and so uh you can catch me on air five days a week, and then obviously here all the time with our live news streams. Right around five Eastern, six Central. Uh, no, five Central, six Eastern. Uh, with top story of the day, which we do on Facebook and YouTube. You can check those out on demand as well. We just did a breaking news one today about WWE's live events t- returning in July. And of so course, you you- uh, two radio stations. Two radio stations back to back, Monday through Friday, and then I'm doing this right after
2: it. Yeah. And there's no problem with doing that, right?
0: Oh, they're, they're both under the same company. They're both under the same company. So it's just, they're owned so, in different cities. What
2: kind yeah. of music do they play? Uh, just rock
0: music. We're doing Aerosmith, Green Day, Metallica, all that fun stuff. And then they, I get to say silly stuff before the songs come on. I, I, I'm a fan of it. <laughs> it's uh, quite enjoyable. Uh, it's been a real fun time. Thank you to Midwest Family for having me uh, do that. I appreciate it. Uh, and again, guys,
1: you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Uccino, spelled like you just see there on the screen. Rick's on the radio.
0: Rick's Rick's breaking
1: news on the radio. I'm yeah, the radio. I am. I, if a, you who care do. about if you care about news in Cincinnati, you can tune into 700 WLW, the Nation Station, heard in 38 states. I am the morning co-anchor. It's the highest-rated news radio station in the country. You can. There you go. It. Come on, Rick. You're more over
0: than me on the radio. What are we doing here? Why are you holding back here?
2: W- I'm sorry. You said WLW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a big station. That's a huge station. Yeah. You sound like Rick. What? Michael Cole.
0: Mm. Doesn't he? He does. See? Now, I I've been working with Rick now for months. I I haven't I've not seen a comparison. We're no, right I'm, on after SmackDown. I don't even make that comparison. Josh, I'm
1: gonna have to send you some of my play by play, my my ring commentary and you tell me how much I sound like Michael Cole. <laughs> I'm gonna have to send you some of that.
2: Really? Yeah. You sound like him. Yeah. I mm. think you better than him. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Seriously. Watch out Michael Cole. Here I come baby. I'm gonna be doing these matches for JCY videos. Follow them on Twitter, by the way. That's where you can get all my uh, my commentary. Maybe one day this year I'll make my in-ring debut for JCY as well. It all depends on what Jimmy Yang will let me do. Uh, but uh, you know, I love working for uh, for him. I love working for that company. It's uh, been giving me a lot of experience. And uh, again, follow them on Twitter as well. Uh, JCY uh, LLC, Fightful Pro Wrestling, checking in. I care about news in Cincinnati. Hell yeah, you do, Sean Rossap. You can hear us <laughs> straight down there in Lexington. I know where you're at. Appreciate <laughs> You tuning into the show there. So, uh, you can also hear me on ESPN 1530 doing some uh, some Bengals reports uh, as well. So, uh, guys,
2: great show tonight. Appreciate everybody. We from made Lake- it. Kentucky. Huh? How far are you from Lexington, Kentucky?
1: I'm about two hour drive. You ever go to the wrestling shows down there? I have not. No, I've not. I don't think I've ever actually stepped foot in Lexington. I've been to Louisville, but not Lexington. You've never been to the arena? No, I have not. It's on the bucket list. I want to go.
2: Memphis was started going there, and they would we would fill half the half the place up. Oh boy! We would get light. about eight thousand people. I mean, it was, you know, Lexington's not that big.
0: No, it's not a big city though. But that's a big crowd for a city that and size.
2: Hurting off half of it and be full. So, good, good, good wrestling town. Really, really good.
0: I'm excited to talk about good wrestling towns again. We start seeing people get back oh, out yeah. on the road. We and stuff like that. again. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah. We weren't good after I went there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I went there originally. They were like great. And then I'd go there a couple of times and guys would say, I don't know what happened to the town. It just <laughs> <laughs> it, it went to crap. And I'd just, got the Dutch touch. Now it's not I, the same. I'd kind of hide over in the corner. But see, I can kill a town. We used to have a joke. good." <laughs> I can kill this town in three moves. I <laughs> said, I can kill this town in two moves. Two moves. I say, okay, kill this town. <laughs> This is the kind of content you only
1: get here Friday nights yeah. on Sports Keto Wrestling, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, make sure to join us back here next week, 10 05 uh, PM. Uh, Sid will make his triumphant return. Uh, he is back after three weeks off. Kevin will be here as well. Uh, yeah. So it'd be great to get SP3 uh, back on the show. So, well, the gang will all be here. And then uh, the first two weeks in June, I'll be gone Uh, because I have uh, I have a bachelor party and a wedding I got to go take care of. So I'll be off for a couple of Fridays. But Kevin will be here driving the ship, and we'll be back full force. You know when, July sixteenth. For damn sure, when we are back live, doing live crowds again on the road in Houston, that show is going to be nuts. I absolutely guarantee it. What a great weekend. I can't wait to recap that show. I can't wait to come back next week with you guys. We will be back right here on the Sports Kid Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook channel. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. See you guys.